Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, it's Julie. Welcome to the Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today, we start a new series on holiday plants. So we're going to talk for the next six, seven weeks about different plants that we usually affiliate with Christmas. I'm very excited about this series because I get to talk about some of the most mysterious plants that we have associated with Christ and that we generally do traditionally, like mistletoe and holly. And there's some very interesting facts about these plants that I think you will enjoy. Today's episode is sponsored by The Secret Spice, my new picture book for children that features a great story about a son and father that it, it, it reveals a little about a secret spice that makes the carpets come to life. And one of the interesting things about the spice is that it is more valuable than gold. And today we're going to talk about another spice that is also highly valued and has often been uh, more valuable than gold as well in ancient times. And that is frankincense. So today's episode is about frankincense. Now, I'm sure you've heard about frankincense as one of the three gifts from the Magi that came to see Jesus about a year after his birth. And they followed the star to get there. But we don't really know that much about frankincense as, you know, generally speaking. Uh, We just know that it was one of the gifts, but why was it one of the gifts? And what do we know about frankincense today? So frankincense has always traditionally been associated with worship and prayer. And not just for the Israelites, but also for much of the ancient world, incense was burned Uh, during times of worship. And it was thought that the wonderful, rich fragrance carried prayers up to the gods. Um, Israel and us Christians, of course, uh, we would associate that, that it's, there is only one God and, and uh, our prayers go up to him. But so Boswellia carteri is the Latin name for frankincense, and there are several species of frankincense that all are similar and can be harvested for the same uses. Uh, There are some subtle differences when it comes to modern benefits for frankincense, but they are still similar. They're, uh, They're very subtle differences. 
So these trees grow in the Middle East and in Northern Africa. So how they get frankincense, because it's not a leaf, it's not bark, it's not roots. It is, it's kind of like harvesting maple syrup. So they cut a deep cut in the side of the trunk. And as the sap begins to flow, oh, wait a second, right after they make the cut, they peel a little bit of bark off uh, just under the cut so that the, uh, the sap, as I was saying, starts to flow. It hardens after it hits the air. And so then they cut a little bit deeper so that they keep the sap flowing. And as it dries, it forms these tear-shaped uh hardened pieces on the outside of the tree and so they let it they let it drip like that for a little while kind of like the maple syrup uh, if you've ever done maple syruping and then you know a little while later they come back and they scrape the tears the tear-shaped resin uh, that's all dried and hardened off of the tree um, and just like with maple trees, you know, you can't, you can only cut at certain times of the year. You can only cut the tree when it's a certain size. Um, it has to be done by hand. So there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of tedious work involved with uh, getting frankincense. And, you know, it's hardened resin. So it's usually burned. Uh, it can also be used in other ways, and there are things in it that we'll talk about a little bit later. So that's how they would get it. Um, so the ancient Babylonians, Assyrians, and the Egyptians all used frankincense. We have records of them going back as far as 3,000 years BC. So it's, it's a long period of time that they... We're using that, and of course, as I said, they use it for religious ceremonies, and the Egyptians would also use it in their embalming. And you know that coal eyeliner, that dark black eyeliner that we see uh, in all of the Egyptian hieroglyphics that, uh, that they like to use? Well, that contained powdered frankincense. That was part of the formula for their makeup. Isn't that kind of funny and interesting? So uh, the, the trade of the frankincense to other parts of the world made the Arabians very rich uh, because, as I said, it was used in religious ceremonies by many cultures, the Greeks and Romans, the Persians, the Egyptians, all of these, you know, Babylonians, as I said, all these different cultures used it in their worship. So there were many different uh, empires that tried to grab this very lucrative incense trade, um, almost like the spice trade, uh, but this is, this is not really a spice per se. They tried, to, they tried to, to grab it from the Arabs, but the Arabs were very secretive, kind of like the Chinese and their, their silk trade. Uh, they're very secretive and very deceptive. So the ancients thought that it came from one part of the world, and it really didn't. Uh, they thought that maybe it, that it 
it was grown right there in Arabia, and most of it actually, the the Arabians actually would, uh, they had contracts, contracts, <laughs> with uh, peoples in northern um, Africa, in the Horn of Africa, and that's where they would get it from, and then they would take it from there and trade it all over the world. And because of the very harsh conditions and the, because, I mean, it's, it's, of course, as we know, it's a desert. It's all desert. So it only only some people really know how to survive and thrive in that kind of an environment. And of course, the Arabs are very good at that. And because of that, these other cultures really were never very successful at taking over this incense trade. So it remained in the hands of the Arabs for for a very long time, and even now, that that is the, those are the only parts of the world where it grows is northern Africa and in the Middle East, um, and those are the countries. Uh, those the countries in those areas are the only ones that can trade in that. But you know, it's not in the same level of demand as it once was. People don't use it real really. I mean not not in the same ways for prayers and worship ceremonies and things like that like they used to. Uh, so the demand is really diminished in modern times and it's mostly used for uh, more medicinal uses these days. So um Let's talk a little bit about why frankincense might have been one of the gifts that the Magi brought. So frankincense, as I said, made the Arabs very wealthy because it was hard, it was hard to harvest and, uh, and it only grew in their area and you know nobody else could, could get it. They, could, they couldn't get it except through the Arabs. So it was a very kingly gift. It was more costly than gold. Uh, and the Magi, uh, the little bit of history about them, you know, we, we talk about wise men from the East. Well, they were wise men from the East, of course, but they were from a part of Persia called the Parthian Empire. So these were religious leaders from the Parthian Empire uh, and of course, you know, Persia is an Arab area. Um, and the Parthians and the Romans were intense rivals. There were often little outbreaks of skirmishes and things between the two. These religious leaders from Parthia were, they had a lot of power in the government and they were what you could call kingmakers because they had a big say in who could become king. So these kingmaker magi uh, coming from Parthia into the Palestinian area in a Roman-occupied Palestinian area, which was often one of the, er the locations of conflict and skirmishes between the two, um, these kingmakers coming in caused a big stir because, okay, they're coming into a Roman-occupied area where there have been a lot of rebellious uprisings. 
they are kingmakers and they're looking for a little newborn king and they're bringing kingly gifts. Um, that's, that's why they're, that if you put, just imagine in your mind what that would have been like for Herod. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit of background on the whole, the Magi thing. We'll talk a little bit more next week about the myrrh as the second gift uh, that comes from the plant kingdom that the Magi brought. Uh, but frankincense was one of the gifts because it's a kingly gift. And it was something that was highly valued in the cultures of the time. So to bring a king, a kingly gift would have been very appropriate. Uh, we don't know what happened to the gifts that they brought. Uh, perhaps they were um, used to help finance the trip to Egypt that they, uh, that the young family had to take very soon thereafter. But uh, that's a little bit about that. So I mentioned that frankincense is not really, it, it's not really used for prayers anymore. Uh, it is still harvested though. And what happens to it once it's harvested today? So there has been a lot of research done on it and Chinese medicine does use frankincense uh, in their remedies and they have used those for a long time. So what happens is that the collected resin, you can get frankincense essential oil from the collected resin. So the collected resin is exposed to a carbon dioxide extraction process. Now, I'm not going to go into a great deal of detail about that uh, because there are different ways of extracting the essential oils from plants. And most of the time it's through a steam distillation process, but because it's a resin, that doesn't work so well, so they tend to use a carbon dioxide method, and that extracts more chemical components than is possible through steam distillation. So it produces a really high quality oil, and it is still expensive. It is still, you know, kind of rare, more on the rare side. You're not going to find frankincense oil at your local grocery store like you will, you know, lemon essential oil. However, it is worth having some on hand because there has been a lot of focal, focus study on it. And um, some of the research has been done on the synergistic effects of frankincense and myrrh used together which makes them even more amazing because it, it, it actually new chemicals are created when you use the two together. Uh, it's amazing what happens inside of the human body with the, that combination. So frankincense. So in Chinese medicine, frankincense has long been used uh, to promote blood circulation and to uh, treat, reduce inflammation, swelling, and pain. Now, Western researchers also show 
through their uh, chemical analysis and tests with rats and mice and things like that, that frankincense is not only effective at lowering inflammation, but it also, uh, and because it um, because it's effective at inflammation, it also helps to reduce the symptoms of arthritis, colitis, asthma, and some forms of dermatitis, and also shows anti-tumor activity in certain types of cancer such as prostate cancer, breast cancer, and colorectal cancer. So it also shows that uh, it can protect the liver. And it also shows activity in slowing aging and protecting against memory loss, because they did some tests with uh, rats and in a water maze that showed that those that had been taking frankincense, uh, that they had been treating with frankincense, uh, had better memory of the maze. So it was very interesting um, there. And it also shows some antidepressive effects. They are still doing a lot of research with frankincense. And uh, it shows a lot of promise in many different areas. Um, I have a little bottle of frankincense that I like to use for my migraine headaches that I get sometimes. It's one of the only things that is super effective at helping me with that uh, when I catch it right when it starts. You know, you get that sort of nauseous, vague, like, I feel like I'm going to pass out kind of feeling. (laughs) Um, If I apply the oil right away um, to the back of my neck, then I, the symptoms subside and I don't end up with the pounding headache behind my eyeball. Um, So it, it can be nice to have around. So That is what I have for you today about frankincense. So I encourage you to do some more of your own research and join us next week when we talk about myrrh. And don't forget to check out The Secret Spice for your young children. It comes with extra bonus activities that make the book into a little unit study includes Bible lessons, botany lessons, stuff like that. So it doubles as both a gift and as a homeschool uh, tool. So check that out. And be sure to connect with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at successful.unschooler. I will hopefully connect with you next week. Join me then. God bless. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.